Welcome back, Connected Family, to another episode, and this is our final wilderness episode. And I am very excited that it is the final wilderness episode. I think I'm done. Um, so today we're going to look at a word that causes people to respond in very different ways. I have people that will give me a very sarcastic laugh. I have some people who will just roll their eyes at me, and then there are other people that just look at me with a very angry face. So why does this particular word cause such varied um, responses from people? Let's get into it and find out why. All right, so as you will all know from Instagram and Facebook, this episode is called The F Word. Um, And I did, it was a little clickbait um, in terms of the title because I wanted you all to think that I was going to say the F word, but no, I didn't. And when my daughters um, saw the image that I put together for the promotion of this week's episode, um, Naomi looked at me and she's like, you are not going to talk about the F word. And I looked at her and I'm like, yes, I am. She's like, mom. And she starts looking at me and she's getting all worked up. She's like, how can you do that? And I'm like, I am talking about the F word. And then I'm like, give me what F words you can think of. And she tells me like all these random words, but she knew which word we were both sort of talking about. And I said, no, I'm actually going to talk about forgiveness. And like I wrote on the little caption uh, for the image, we are working through this stage together. So please don't feel that I am at this stage or that I have surpassed this stage. I am at the this particular At this particular time, I am at the stage where God is definitely trying to help me to work through forgiveness with what happened uh, almost a year ago. And it is a little hard. It's a little difficult. I have run the program Forgive to Live three times. And um, even though I have run that program three times and have worked through those stages with people from the community and uh, also people from church, I still am struggling to get to this, yeah, I'm struggling to get to the stage where I can forgive the person that was involved. Um, and I, I, before we really get into it, I do want to talk a little bit about what forgiveness does mean. Uh, a lot of people will think, um, which is, you know, something that society has definitely taught us, is um, you have to forgive and forget. And that is definitely not what forgiveness is. And a lot of people will often hold back from forgiving their offenders or forgiving people that have hurt them because they have this idea that, no, I can't forget what you did to me. So I think as a result, many people don't want to forgive because they just have um, the wrong idea of what forgiveness actually means. Now, in addition to that, I would say that there are many There are other reasons why people don't want to forgive. There is an idea that when you forgive someone, you are letting them off the hook Uh, to a certain extent. Uh, Sometimes when you um, acknowledge the fact that you are going to forgive someone, it also means that there is this false idea that you then have to let people back into your lives um, and that you have to act like nothing happened. So there's a lot of reasons why I believe um, when you tell people, have you forgiven them? They just look at you and they're like, 
that isn't even possible uh, given my situation. And I, I believe that depending on the hurt and depending on the relationship that you had with the person that hurt you, you know, it may be very easy to forgive someone because, you know, they ripped you off, or they, they gave you the wrong change or they cut you off in traffic. Um, there's certain things that, you know, you're just like, of course I forgave them, you know, I don't hold grudges against some random who cut me off in the traffic. Um, but obviously based on the emotions, based on the relationship, based on the amount of trust that we're given to certain people, it is definitely harder to forgive certain people. Uh, And based on the damage that they do to us, it then makes it even harder to really take the step of forgiving them. So like I said, there are definitely things that we do not believe forgiveness is uh, in a healthy kind of way, which does not mean that you are letting people off the hook. Um, for me personally, with my particular situation, as I have looked at it, um, I haven't let the person off the hook, but more so I have understood I have understood their own personal, um, emotional, psychological um, mindset. I understand that they made a mistake. Um, it's very clear that they made a mistake. Uh, the person has apologized for what has happened. Um, but at the same time, there was this there was this post and it said the best apology is changed behavior um and with just with the dynamics of the interaction that i had with this adventist person um there was there were so many red flags as you would have heard in the episodes other episodes there were so many red flags there were so many other times when this particular person um did some hurtful stuff and i just for my own due to my own insecurities and my dysfunctions and my own selfishness and all that other stuff, um, I just put up with it a lot. So, yeah, when I looked at the the whole situation, I understood that this particular person, they had their issues, they had their insecurities and their dysfunctions and, you know, all their stuff. And as a result, it ended up in the situation that it ended up. So I... I really understand that more than do I forgive them. I'm like, okay, they really just, <laughs> they messed up. They made they made a mistake and it just came at a very high cost um, for me, for them, for, you know, the relationship that we had uh, within, you know, the dynamics of whatever it was. Um, so what's really important is that as we go into the stage of forgiveness, probably the the biggest thing that we have to work on is reframing our grievance story. Now, our grievance story is the story that we retell uh, when we are going through or when we have experienced um, something that has been very painful, um, emotionally painful, physically painful. Um, it can relate to any type of um trauma like that um so I'll give you my example obviously my traumatic experience will be definitely biased in that I will be the victim regardless of whether I'm in the victim stage or not I will be the victim and the other person will be the offender and as I tell you my grievance story I am going to give you facts that are going to <laughs> that I'm going to try and make you feel sorry for me and be very critical or very negative towards the offender. Now, part of this process of forgiveness is that we learn to reframe that story. So I just reframed my story by 
acknowledging that I have dysfunctions, I have insecurities, I have psychological stuff that I needed to work through. Uh, there And if for us as Christians, there is selfishness, there is pride, and there is a lot of sinful stuff that can often lead us to be in the positions that we're at. So I acknowledge that um, in my story now when I retell it, um, but I also acknowledge that the other person has the stuff that they're working through. They also have their baggage and they also have their trauma and they also have a life experience that has put them in the position where they are now. Often when we are not ready to forgive people, we will continue to retell our story of the incident, of the event or of the experience by still making us the victim instead of saying, hey, this is where I'm at, this is where they were at, and this is why it ended up being the way that it is. Um, I do believe that I am at a stage where I have been able to reframe that story and the way that we reframe it is um, instead of always making us the main character in our grievance story, we also bring in the other person um, as a main character but not as the main character as the villain um, but as bringing in the baggage and everything else that they bring to the situation. It's trying to be very empathetic to the fact that, you know what, yeah, they're just as messed up as what I am and as a result we created, you know, a very unhealthy dynamics. Now that can be found in any type of environment. I have seen it as I have worked with people in the community. I have seen it not just within the church, I have seen it outside of the church. Um, I have seen it between siblings. I have seen it between um, spouses. I have seen it between um, mother-daughters uh, relationship, mother and father relationships. I have seen it, yeah, within a family environment, outside of the family environment, between friends, uh, between work colleagues. So, yeah, the dysfunction of relationships you will find everywhere, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I, I'm definitely wiser because of this particular um, incident. And it has really helped me with the relationships that I have cultivated um, and created um, currently. So I, I definitely see the blessing that that has been. And, yeah, I'm, I'm slowly working through that and, um, yeah, realizing that it is positive. It has brought up brought about a lot of positivity in my life and and in just the way that I see people I, I I mean it's not good but I definitely don't give everyone the benefit of the doubt as you would have heard in the previous episode but there is definitely this um this idea of hey let me just be wise let me hold back let me not you know just put my heart out there for everyone to to walk over and stab and break and rip apart so that has been one of the benefits. So once we have reframed, uh, there, then we can start retelling our grievance story with a wider lens, with a wider focus. The focus isn't just on me anymore. Now it's on me and the other person, uh, me and the group, however the, the situation has worked out. I've, I'll say this in... Obviously, I can't really relate, so, you know, please forgive me if I'm disrespectful in any way, but um, the way that I would relate this to a particular situation like someone who has been molested, um, there is often, uh, they have found that within people that have, that molest children, they were often molested when they were children or when they were young. So they have obviously had someone, often they have been a victim before they made someone else a victim, so... 
Reframing a situation that involves molestation is often acknowledging and understanding that, you know what, maybe they were molested when they were little. And as a result, now they have a very distorted, a very, I'd just say, a very evil way of thinking with regards to physical affection and with regards to the interaction that an adult has with a child. That's reframing the story. So if if I was to share an experience, and obviously, like I said, I haven't been molested, so please excuse and forgive me if I'm disrespectful in any way, but if I was to share my story of being molested, I will then also say, but my, um, the offender, uh, the person that molested me, he was molested or she was molested as well. So I understand that, you know, they've they've carried this baggage on and didn't get to a point where they were able to, surpass that and deal with that and process that so that they didn't then continue the vicious cycle of sexual abuse. That's a way of reframing a story like that. So once we have then gone on to reframing, uh, it is very important for us to be willing to accept the fact that, um, yeah, we're going to choose to forgive. Um, I have chosen to forgive this person on (laughs) multiple times in in the last year. Uh, And there are days where I'm like, yes, I can see the value of forgiving this person. I understand why it is important for my mental health more than than for theirs. I'm at a point where I really don't care about theirs. Um, It's more about me because I know my life needs to come back to normality and I feel that the other person's life is back to normality anyway. So um, let let me sort my life out. But just knowing that we will forgive this person. It may not be today. It may not be a month from now. It may not be, you know, three years from now, but I do choose to forgive that person. And when I am ready, I will forgive that person. So just um, to verbalize that, to mentally process that uh, is is a process of also forgiveness, is understanding that, yes, I will. Um, I think it is important. Um, And as a result, I will work on the steps that I need to work on in order to get to forgiveness. And like I said, you know, it it all varies for people. I have been here for a year almost, and I am still trying to get to the stage where I can forgive this person. And by that, I mean forgive this person by totally understanding where they came from, why they made the decisions that they made, and why they were willing to hurt me in the extent that they did. But second to that, I want to, another part of me completely understanding the forgiveness is to also forgive myself for the mistakes that I made uh, and for enabling this particular person to do what they did for me because I feel like, yeah, uh, from you go from victim stage where you blame them for everything and then you go to the stage where you blame yourself for everything. So I need to also have self-forgiveness and that comes that is really important because like I have shared in previous episodes there were things that I allowed because of my dysfunctions because of my vulnerabilities and insecurities and my selfishness and sin and so as a result I have to forgive myself for all of that but then I ultimately feel that there is an aspect of um, my particular situation where I need to just allow God to forgive me. I need allow I need to allow God to, um, yeah, just really restore my heart in terms of the messy aspects of the whole situation. Um, 
as you know, through the whole process, and this is, you know, prior to the incident occurring, but even after the incident occurring, um, there was a lot of, like, yeah, like I would just say totally evil way of thinking towards this person. Um, Yeah, I'll be totally honest. I have never wanted to physically hurt someone like I have this particular person. And that is so unlike my character. But yeah, I feel that there is a lot of forgiveness that I need to um, just accept that is to come from Christ as well um, for, you know, my sin in regards to prior to the incident with allowing the the interaction with this particular person to be what it was and so dysfunctional. And then with my behavior afterwards, like I just was a nasty bit of work. Um, so there's, there's a lot of restoration that comes from allowing God's forgiveness. Um, and I, yeah, that's, that's really important. So we need to understand that aspect of self-forgiveness, um, that God does forgive us for the mistakes and for what we contributed to situations. Um, I know that there have been people who, they went through particular situations, um, and for one way or another, they, you know, they were sexually abused, um, not in the not in the way of an adult and a child, but within an, uh, like two adults, um, they were sexually abused and. There were many factors that led to this particular situation, but there was aspects of it, you know, that they were they allowed themselves to be under the influence of substances, and as a result, you know, they they weren't really completely there mentally, um, and they weren't able to make decisions that they probably would have made had they not been on drugs, and as a result, they feel like that was my fault, you know, if I hadn't have been on these substances, that situation wouldn't have ended up, I would have walked away, I wouldn't have allowed the men to do what they did, um, so, yeah, when we look at that, that, that comes down to us, um, and, yeah, until we're able to accept that, hey, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been on those substances, hey, I probably shouldn't have been in that kind of environment with so many men, um, until we're able to accept that, yeah, there is definitely forgiveness and restoration, even for the mistakes that we make that contribute to the damage and the brokenness that we experience. Um, yeah, I, th- I believe that will still carry a certain amount of guilt and shame. Uh, so that that's really important. So I believe that, yeah, where I'm at, I'm and I will say this, like for the past you know year, I have been working towards this forgiveness stage but I haven't been able to get to it because I hadn't processed all the other stuff that I needed to process. And I I will say, you know, just to give you a bit of a, I don't know, an illustration for it, I believe that forgiveness is the scab on a wound. Um, yeah, it, it that's, that's what it represents. You have the cut, you have the injury, you have the healing, you know, it, it opens up and it cu- and it closes back up. You know, you might get an infection underneath the, the wound and it's not, not healing over properly. Forgiveness is the scab. Once you are able to get to that point in your injury, in your, um, yeah, in your pain and your brokenness, that is what's going to happen. What's really important is that once you have an injury and it starts to scab over, once the scab falls off, there is a scar. And what is really important with regards to forgiveness is that we do not just ignore what has happened. Um, I have a permanent scar in my heart and in a chapter of my life uh, because of what has happened. And no matter how much 
I forgive that person and no matter how much that person apologizes, that scar is always going to be there. I see the dynamics between my two girls, you know, they'll, they'll have a bad day and um, I'll just give you an example, you know, one will, one will push the other one and, you know, the other one might fall because she got pushed so hard. So then the other one feels really sorry because they didn't intend to push them over. They just intended to push them. And they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. But if they got a graze, if they got a bruise, I always say to them, I'm like, you need to understand your sorry doesn't hurt their bruise. Your sorry doesn't take away that they have a scratch on their leg. Um, Your sorry doesn't take away the result of your mistake. So it is always better to just not push your sister because you don't know what's going to happen. A little push can end up in something that's a lot more serious and your apology cannot take that away. So as we go into forgiveness, uh, again, as we debunk those myths that um, forgive you forgive and you forget and um, that you take people off the hook or that you allow people back into your life, um, we really need to understand that as we go about forgiving this person, it does not mean or whoever, you know, the group, whatever it is, uh, with mine it is particularly one individual and the other people were just added onto the whole scenario which made it messy and whatever. Um, but once you go about forgiving that person, it does not mean that you ignore what has happened. It does not mean that you then have to delete a chapter of your life and act like it never happened. It does not mean that you invalidate the process that you've just gone through for however long it is until you get to this scabbing over stage. Um, It really is understanding that you have learned from this process, you have grown from this process, and as a result, you are wiser because of this process. Uh, I believe that that has definitely worked like that for me. I'm very grateful for the lessons that I have learned. Uh, Would I have preferred to have learned them without the pain? Yeah, of course. Um, But am I going to be as cautious and protective about making these mistakes again because I have gone through so much pain? Of course. Um, I never am going to allow myself to go through this ever again because it has been so painful. Um, And I will do everything that I can to allow for this to never happen to me again. Um, And yeah, if it had come easy to me, if if I had to learn these lessons without the depth of pain and trauma that I have experienced, yeah, I probably would, I wouldn't be so protective about it. Um, Maybe I wouldn't look out for myself as much. But yeah, that's a really important aspect is that we learn the lessons that come out of this situation. Um, another aspect too is that we don't take the people off the hook. We don't um, excuse their behavior. We don't act like the behavior never occurred. Um, my interactions with this person will never be the same. Like never, uh, ever, <laughs> ever. Um, I know exactly how to deal with them. I know exactly how to process their behavior. I know exactly how to understand where they're at Um, and as a result yeah the dynamics and the interaction that I have with this particular person will never be the same Uh, it will always be very guarded it will always be very protected um, and yeah I will be a lot smarter because of it Um, will that change the dynamics of course of course Um, 
it it would it just will never be anything of what it used to be um yeah yeah okay let me leave it there all right and then thirdly the other point that I wanted to clarify is that because you have had this particular thing happened and you have now chosen to forgive it does not mean that that person now just has to come back into your life and this is the way it's going to be and um, we're just going to act like a happy family and put on a really good show and act like everything is as it was Uh, so adding on to this the previous point that now we will treat that particular person a certain way we will assess their behavior and we will yeah accommodate our interaction with them to suit what we have experienced with that person. Um, I do also want to say that there are people that we will never have to let back into our lives. Uh, there are people that after this amount of trauma and betrayal and pain and whatever it is, that we are actually free to make a decision to say, you know what, I actually don't want you in my life. Um, there is no need for you in my life and that is where I'm at. Um, that. Yeah, I've made the decision that the particular person and the other people in addition to that uh, that were in my life, I actually don't want them back in my life um, because I just feel it is just it's just not going to be beneficial for my life and for my family and um, just for me in general. So that that is also a hard decision to, to come about. Um, but I think when you can sit and logically and in yeah, intelligently work it through, you can really um, value and maybe assess what people can contribute to your life. And I don't, I don't want to make this sound selfish, like everyone you're supposed to see, is it really worth me having you in my life kind of thing. But when it has come to situations where, yeah, there is like a messy history, uh, there is, you know, a bad past, you have to really assess, hey, what positivity can you contribute to my life given the history that we have, given um, the past experiences. I know I was speaking with one person um, and they were saying that they have a a family member who just has gotten very, um, I mean, what was the words this person said? I think they said They've just gone off off the tracks, like they're just not in a good place mentally. So they made the decision to just block them um, from making calls to them or contacting them through social media. I think we get to a point where if the uh, the only thing that your interaction or relationship with someone brings is pain, uh, is insecurities, anxiety, fear, I think when all that that person contributes to your life is that – I think it is okay for us to make a decision to not have any type of contact with that person. Um, Regardless of that, even if you just feel like I don't want that person in my life anymore because I just don't see the value in whatever that person can contribute, then I think that that is healthy as well. I think there is a point where sometimes we can look out for ourselves and it is it is okay. Uh, and even as Christians, it is okay. Uh, there, yeah, yeah. So I'll just leave it with that. So yeah, that is another option that many people don't understand. That you can forgive someone. That doesn't mean you have to let them back into your life. Uh, you can forgive them and understand them and have empathy, and you can reframe your grievance story. But that doesn't mean that 
you have to welcome them back into your home and into your family and into your life um, and into your your work. Um, yeah, that really isn't um, part of what forgiveness truly, truly um, actually is. So lastly, I just want to give you an illustration which God has been really good in giving me and I don't know if this is necessarily part of forgiveness but it has made it has been very beneficial for me in the sense that my mind is my worst enemy and I yeah I I have a lot of negative thoughts with this whole incident and the whole situation and so I find myself um going back to the event, the situation, the group of people that were involved. Uh, I yeah. So when I start thinking of all that stuff, and when I start thinking of all the other red flags and all the other pain and all the other situations that I should have got myself out of with this particular person, I I just don't know why. But God gave me this illustration, and I want to share it with you too because I feel that the more that we can let go of all these negative thoughts the easier it's going to be to get back to normality but also to be able to get to the point where we can start working on forgiveness instead of working on constantly bringing up the event and the people and the feelings and the emotions and all that sort of stuff. So uh, for those who have children or who have worked with children, when there's this, there is a fascination with helium balloons. So when my girls see that there is an opportunity for a free helium balloon, because we don't usually buy helium balloons, it's a waste of money. But if there's like free helium balloons, when we, when the girls were little, you know, you'd give them the helium balloon and you'd explain, don't let go of it, you know, because it's going to fly away. So you'd give them the ribbon and they'd go to do something and they'd forget that they have this ribbon in their hand for the helium balloon and as they go to reach for something or they go to pick something up, they let go of the helium balloon and the helium balloon flies into the sky and then they look at you like, are you going to get that for me? (laughs) Um, That or they're like, are you going to get me another one? Um, So yeah, there's so then you know you're like okay obviously they don't quite comprehend the fact that you cannot let go of the ribbon so you tie the ribbon onto their hand um, around their wrist and you tie it and obviously then they go about doing whatever it is that they want to do and they disregard the fact that they needed to hold on to that ribbon because now it's tied onto their wrist it's not going anywhere so I want to give you this illustration because this is what God gave me when we are having negative thoughts we are literally trying to do life while holding on to the ribbon. Now, the ribbon and the balloon represents the traumatic incident. Um, it represents the pain, the emotions, the insecurities, everything that your traumatic event brought out in you, um, everything that you felt, the whole experience is the balloon and the ribbon. And I believe that while we continue to go back to that event, while we continue to allow ourselves to go back to the event, feel the fear, feel the anxiety, feel the abuse, feel that you were taken advantage, feel that you were um, deceived and lied to, that um, you were betrayed, you're trying to do life while holding on to this helium balloon of negativity and trauma. And 
you're just not letting go of it. And as a result, you're holding on to the balloon harder and stronger than you are trying about trying to do life. So we're trying to go to work while holding the balloon. We're trying to go home and be with our families while holding onto the balloon. We're trying to do our ministries while holding onto the balloon. We're trying to do everything and very consciously holding on to this balloon of trauma and negativity. And as a result, we're not doing anything at our full potential. It is affecting our lives in everything we do because now we are going into life. We are waking up every day, and this is me, like the mornings and the nights are the worst for me. You're going, you're waking up in the morning holding onto the balloon, and you have slept all night holding onto this balloon. You go to bed at night holding onto this balloon, and you cannot sleep well because you know you have to hold onto this balloon. So basically what I have been doing is the moment that a negative thought or as I start to reflect on this particular person um, and what has happened, I visually let go of the balloon. I, I, in my head, in my mind, I open my hand out and I watch the balloon go up into the air. And it has really helped me because it has basically helped me to stop going into my thoughts to the point where I start re-feeling all the emotions. So if I start thinking, oh, and, and, and this is just, well, I'll give you an example. I remember they said that they were going to do this and I already I know where I'm going. So I let go of the balloon in my mind and I stop. I literally just, in my mind, I watch the balloon go up into the sky until I get to the point where I'm ready to move on to another another thought or I'm just not going to think about anything and just go and, you know, whatever it is, write up that, 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 you know, worksheet that I needed to write up. So I've been doing that probably for the last week and a half and I have found it really, really effective. Now, the reason why we want to let go of that is and why we want to try and work through the, all those negative thoughts is because... Um, while we hold on to that negativity, if we're going to hinder us getting to the next stage. Now, I, had to, I can tell you, I have tried to forgive from the beginning. So I am going on to a year now of trying to forgive. And I have been very intentional about trying to forgive, but it hasn't happened. But that was because I had to deal with a lot of things. Now, has my life been fabulous this past year while I've held on to the helium balloon? No, it has sucked. Um, and it has affected so many aspects of my life, of my family, um, of my spirituality, that I don't want to keep holding on to it. I, I'm done with that. So I have, have been very more intentional of trying to get myself to the next stage. But I will say to you, in this year, I have been doing that. I have been very intentional of getting out to the next stage, getting over it, um, being able to mentally and emotionally heal. But I haven't been able to because there was other things that I needed to process. Now, am I super grateful to be at the point where now I'm ready for the scab of forgiveness to start forming itself? Yes, yes, I cannot thank God enough. And then that's really important because I feel I have wasted a year of my life. I feel I have... Honestly, I believe that there is a section of my heart that is dead because 
this has had such a big impact on me. And I feel that for the past year, just the negativity, just I'm sure my body is physically not the same because of what has happened. And I don't want to keep doing irreversible damage to my mind, to my heart and to my physical body. So I really want to encourage that if there is something that, you know, um, that you have been holding on to, if there is a helium balloon of trauma and negativity that you've been ha- you have been holding on to, that you will allow yourself to go through the process and, you know, whether the process that, that I have shared with you helps, um, I, I pray and hope that it does. But if not, you know, maybe to go and seek uh, a Christian counsellor or a Christian psychologist that can help you or even find someone that you can trust, that you feel you can be vulnerable to and share your, yeah, share your pain, share your experience with someone that you feel safe with. Uh, Because like I said, I feel like I have done irreversible damage in the past year because I haven't wanted to process this. I haven't had the tools of how to effectively get through this without it having such a massive impact on me and all I can think of is that there are people that have experienced so much more than me and they have been holding on to that for so much longer than me um, and yeah I, I would hate I would hate to live my life a day longer than I could have um, with all this junk so I really encourage you to, to find a way to find some help. Uh, really pray about it. Um, like I said, if you if you feel like you might need a Christian counsellor. Um, I have had quite a few people reach out to me uh, through the Facebook page, uh, sending me messages. So feel free to contact me. I'm happy to be there as uh, someone that you can turn to. And, yeah, maybe we can work together on yeah, on, on the painful stuff um, and, you know, without judgment, without any type of feeling any kind of way, um, I'm, I'm really just there to, to be, yeah, just to be there. So I want to finish off with these last little um, one-liners that I've posted on my Facebook that have really just meant a lot. Um, some of them I have already met, met, mentioned during this episode. Uh, when trust is broken, sorry means nothing. Um, and that comes back to you can't bro- you can't fix the damage that you made when you say sorry. If I dropped a vase and broke it, I can say sorry all I want. It's not going to put that vase together and that vase will never be the same. So that's what that one means. Um, time doesn't change people. Time shows you who people really are. And that was very applicable to my situation. Um it's not that the person changed, it's just with time I actually saw who they really were. And we can put on a really good show for a long time, especially within the church um, environment and the church atmosphere. We can play really good, like holy Seventh-day Adventist Christians. But with time, people really see you for who you are. Um, and they see you for how you treat people. Uh, once you feel like, you know what, I don't really need to be on my best behavior anymore. Uh, so that that was really applicable for my situation. Uh, the best apology is changed behavior. You can say sorry all you want until you change. Don't waste either of our time. Uh, your taste in people will change when you learn to love yourself. 
And that is really applicable when I look at it in the aspect of self-forgiveness. When I look at, you know, what, who I really am. And like I said uh, in the last episode, once I knew who my, what my identity was in Christ, I was like, you know what, all these things that you have made me doubt about myself, it's not because it's actually true or valid. It's simply because you took advantage of those aspects of my identity. Uh, so I must say I love myself um, in and have a lot of respect for myself in a way that I have never had prior to this. Um, and as a result of this person's behavior um, and their actions and their choices, it made me doubt a lot of who I was. And as I found my identity in Christ, by God's grace, I hope that no one else will ever be able to shake the value that God has placed on me and the value that I am as a human. Um, and this is another one again. Like I said, uh, this incident and everything that happened is is also due because of, of my insecurities and my issues. Um, so as I've dealt with that, I realized that, yeah, it, yeah, a lot of it is my fault. But this one relates to that. It says, we all eat lies when our, when our hearts are hungry. So we all eat lies when our hearts are hungry. Um and I definitely did that. My heart was starving. <laughs> My heart was starving. And like I said, I put up with stuff that normal people don't put up with. Um, you give people too many opportunities. Normal people don't give that amount of opportunities. Uh, and people see red flags and they walk away. And I didn't do any of that, but that was because of my issues. And like I said, um, all the brokenness and all the insecurities and all the sinfulness that my heart carries. And this last one is a clear rejection is always better than a fake promise. Uh, I do believe that when we see people for their true colors, it is better to see them for that than to live your life um, in a really artificial, fake, superficial interaction with a person. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Time will tell. And yeah, it'll be more painful, you know four years down the track, six years down the track, <clears throat> then if you had have seen them for who they really were at, you know, three weeks. <laughs> Would have been fabulous for me at three weeks. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's, that's it. Uh, the final line I do want to leave you with is forgiveness means you own your story. A failure to forgive means that the story owns you. And I believe that that has been, as we have worked through different people and as they have worked, you know, we've assisted them in going to getting to the forgiveness stage. Um, you just see the way that they change, the way that they speak about certain things once they have accepted to forgive that person and forgive them in the full sense of what forgiveness means, in the healthy aspect of forgiveness, not in the distorted way that society tells us. Um, but when we work through these points that we have discussed in this episode, regarding forgiveness that's when we have found that you know people just start to glow again uh, people just start to speak with joy and happiness in their life and yeah people just have this like I don't know it's like they have like this armor on they're just so strong they're so confident and they're so brave because they've they've decided to just forgive and to grow from it um, so yeah I encourage you all to go through that process I'm 
I'm trying to work on it and I have been trying to work on it and by God's grace I yeah I, I will get there um I must say I'm done with dealing with all this stuff and even every wilderness episode I feel like I my heart just gets ripped open again um and I have to process some more stuff in addition to that even just between recording these last two episodes I cried every day multiple times during the day uh, because it just it brought more awareness as to yeah stuff that it has triggered and yeah so anyway I'm done I'm done holding that helium balloon and I just want to go back to enjoying my life at its at its best and at its peak so I encourage you all as well to just really prayerfully consider um, going through this stage going through the process and to allowing that scab to form Um, because without that scab life is going to be really painful and really uncomfortable so all right well thank you for yeah accompanying me through these wilderness and we will be getting back to our normal content Um, so we'll see you for the next episode until then my prayer my hope and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love that you stay cool for Jesus' name and that you stay on fire with the Holy Spirit he's my favorite he is